just was supposed to be a little break from booze has just turned into a massive movement in the UK, especially for, from the stuff that I've been doing and just life changing for me because where I am now to where I was when I started a couple of years ago, I am, um, I just, I'm a different person, a completely different person. Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo and this is the Light Path Podcast brought to you by the lightpathcollective.com and the ritualemporium.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Steph, I am so excited to finally be chatting with you on the podcast. We've been in discussions for quite some time now. So, so excited to meet you and so excited to bring your vibe your energy your wisdom to our community oh thank you yeah i'm so excited to speak to you it doesn't feel like we've been chatting ages thinking about getting my tattoo that you inspired <laughs> God, let's get that story out of the way because honestly like i don't think anything cooler has ever happened to me in my life <laughs> so basically i've been following steph for really like quite some time now ever since i joined tiktok which is now my entire life all i do is watch tiktok oh it's terrible so, okay. so we're both guilty of that and so i reached out to steph i'm like oh i just love to chat with you i i just love your vibe i think we could have this really great conversation and so we're going back and forth for ages and then she just dropped this bomb one day she's like oh, let's talk after i get a tattoo of your moon membership logo i was like what <laughs> I loved it. I've never seen anything like it. Obviously, I've seen the moon before, but I've never seen it out like that. And then, yeah, it really inspired me. So, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a picture and then you've got the picture. You've got, and then, yeah, all down the back of my arm. Absolutely love it. It's beautiful. Oh, my God. I love that. Well, you know, as you know, I just live my life by the moon. So I'm just like, now Steph's more dedicated to it than I am. And I'm the one leading the membership. <laughs> Maybe you need to take it over. <laughs> but awesome. Yeah, I will share that picture on social. So look out for that because I just think that was so awesome. But what drew me to you and your account was, I think, just your energy, your vibe, but also your honesty and transparency in sharing your sober curious journey with your audience and how that has completely turned your life on a totally different road that I can't imagine you ever thought you'd walk down. Never, never in a million years. Just was supposed to be a little break from booze. It's just turned into a massive movement in the UK, especially for, from the stuff that I've been doing and just life changing for me because where I am now to where I was when I started a couple of years ago, I am, um, I just, I'm a different person, a completely different person. And I don't obviously class myself as an, an alcoholic. I was very much a heavy binge drinker, social drinker, who just wanted to take a break from the booze, from some of the problems that I was experiencing. And I'm so glad that I did because my life is just completely different now for the, for the better. To me, you epitomise that whole concept of when you get a nudge to do something and you follow it, it's never really about the thing. And I'm going to ask you to talk through your story and what's come of it. But I think what you'll find is that whole idea that it's, nothing is ever as it seems. So here you've got a nudge to have a break from the booze. Now your life is so great in so many ways. 
that you never intended to create it that way. So that one thing just leads to the next, to the next. And Absolutely. In like the woo-woo world, we would say you've trusted, you've surrendered, you've detached from the outcome. And this is the perfect example of what happens when you do that. So can you give us that kind of detailed background of just this, like why you decided to get curious about sobriety? Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, what you've just said is such a good point because everybody, everybody in life just wants to be happy. And the way that most of us know how to be happy is relaxing at the weekend and having that bottle of wine. So taking that away, the times when we've maybe not had that drink, we felt a little bit, I'm not having as good a time or it might not be through choice. So wanting to be happy keeps you in that cycle, I think, because that's the only way that you know how to be happy. And we're taught that for, for so long. We drink quite young in, in the UK and it's very much a drink heavy culture. So we're scared of missing out with our friends. We're scared of all them parties. We're scared that our life is basically going to stop and that keeps us in the cycle. So that's why I think I went on for so long. And that chain reaction that you talked about is, off the back of just making a one little decision and it's kind of had this massive ripple effect but yeah so so i started um september 2021 was when i decided to take a break from the booze i wasn't an, a, an alcoholic i well I don't, I don't class myself as an alcoholic some might argue that if you've got a problem with drinking you're an alcoholic which i kind of see both sides but my drinking was very much not in the week relaxing at the weekend after a hard week at work i would either drink Loads of Prosecco at home, three bottles on a Friday, three on a Saturday, some on a Sunday. I would go out and go feral if I was with my friends. It would be crawling in in the middle of the night. And then regardless if I was staying in or staying out, I would wake up with anxiety, wake up with anxiety, feel like shit, look like shit. Yeah. Have absolutely no motivation, brain fog. I had zero confidence. I thought my opinion didn't matter at work. I didn't trust my judgment. I was just, I was. I was just constantly in that cycle and then waiting until Friday till I could do it again because Friday was my time and that's when I could relax and feel good. And it was just constantly in that cycle. And it got to the point where I was starting to want more drinks. I was on anxiety pills from the doctors because my anxiety was so bad. I couldn't even speak on the phone to anybody work without like having a panic attack, not knowing at that point that drink is it causes anxiety, it's a depression, and in the background you Although at the time you're feeling good, it's releasing dopamine, it's triggering off anxiety and depression. And that's that's what the cycle is. So I was going through all that, never questioning my drinking. Then one of my friends came out on Facebook and said she just got out of rehab. And I thought, well, I, I drink like that girl. Why, why she got a problem with drink? And that was the first time that I'd ever questioned my actual drinking. Really made me look at my own drinking, thinking she is thriving. She's stop drinking and she's thriving could could I like have a go at doing it so I set myself a little challenge four weeks just take four weeks off we can do that I told everybody I wasn't drinking because you get all them questions don't you like, are you not drinking just have one but when you tell somebody you're doing a challenge people might not want to do it but they can relate to it we all need a few weeks off the drink or good for her, that type of thing and it, rather than having the negative questions it's like oh, well that's Right, good for you, good for you. <laughs> so I did that, I took four weeks off and I actually found it more difficult than what I thought. To the point where every weekend would come around and I would start making excuses in my head to why I deserved that drink at the weekend and then I'd have to remind myself, no, 
this is the reason why you do need to have a break from it. You, you're on a challenge. So I managed to get to the end of the four weeks. I actually started, my skin cleared up. I'd lost some weight. And the main thing, my anxiety had started to go. And that was really what I wanted. And I thought, you know what? Well, I'll just, I'll carry it on for a little bit. So I, I decided to do three months. And then it was Christmas and my birthday. And I thought, oh, I can't can't do Christmas without drinking. So I went back to, to drinking all through December and little by little, my anxiety came back in that January. And from there, January, I said, right, I'm going to do it again. But I had something in the diary later on in the year and I thought, I can't, I can't not drink at that. So I drank again that day and it was kind of backwards and forwards a little bit. But every time I drank, there was a history of the, the anxiety kept coming back. So I knew it was linked. So I thought, right, I work well with goals. Clearly, if I've got something to work to, I work better. And I decided to start journaling, setting daily goals, keeping me on track day to day, which I actually think is a game changer. You have to introduce like a small reward cycle and say you're going to do something at the end of the night, tick it off, and it triggers, triggers that reward cycle. But also, I set a long-term goal and said, right, all of the money that I would have spent on booze, I will put it away, save up for a vintage retro camper van. And I had my sights set on this van that I wanted, this vintage VW. And that's what I did. I put every single penny away and managed to buy this vintage retro camper van. So I kind of swapped my partying weekends for nice camping weekends in my van, which she's called Ruby. She's named after my nana who, who passed away. And I take my nana's little dog and we go camping every weekend. <laughs> well, not at the minute because she's getting done up, actually. Little, um, little side note for you. She's coming home tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so like, I feel like I'm in with you. I'm like, where is this van? This van has been away for ages. Feels like you're, you're another child for you, this van. That is so exciting. But I love that. A couple of things I really like having aha moments listening to you is that whole concept of rehab I kind of want to talk about or alcohol is and how we may view that incorrectly, but then also love the idea of that reward and how that we can replace it with that. So, you know, like you, we discussed that we're the same age. I'm saying we're the same age. I'm older, like by quite a bit. <laughs> I'm just going to put you in, I'm going to be in your age bracket, just 40. In that, like, it just wasn't a thing. Like rehab is like a dirty word alcoholism feels like a dirty word like it's not something I would admit if like or if someone admitted it to me it would be like oh like that seems really severe and we just didn't grow up in a time where sobriety was cool or normal yeah and so around that like when you I'm going to be really honest I think part of the reason why I still drink is because of that conversation with people and I have gone through periods of not drinking, but when you were saying before, it's because I'm on a challenge, I'm like, that's exactly why I didn't drink. I was on a fitness challenge. I was doing this and you can kind of justify it. So how do you go from having those conversations with people to saying you're sober without it being questioned or alcohol pushed on you? Because we live in very similar societies in terms of the way that alcohol is used and accepted. And what have been some of your experiences of navigating that and maybe even some tips and tricks of how to navigate that? Yeah, yeah. So exactly the same. When I thought alcoholism or alcoholics, I have an image in my head of somebody with a brown paper bag 
or sat on a park bench or drinking first thing in the morning. That is because of how it's portrayed on, on the media. I will touch on, on Lily as well, but I met a girl on, on TikTok called Lily, 30 and sober, and she is a recovering alcoholic. And obviously, we'll come on to the work, aren't we? But we're doing work together to, to redefine like what that means. But So when you tell somebody you're not drinking, they instantly want to know, is it because you've got a problem and they haven't got a problem? And it's kind of like you're holding a mirror up to someone. So if you, if you say, I'm not drinking, they always want to get into that. I find they always want to get into a conversation, especially at the start around, well, how much did you drink? Or they instantly turn around and say, well, I, I only drink one or two drinks as if to say, well, I've not got a problem, but I understand that you've got a problem. So first, the way that I did it was tell people I was on a challenge because I didn't want them conversations because I actually was really guilty of it myself. If somebody told me that they wasn't drinking, I would be like, come on, stop being boring. Let's, you know, have a drink. But it was more to do with me wanting them to get on the same wavelength as me because I didn't want them to impact my fun. So I found right at the start by telling people I was on a challenge, it stopped the questions. And then when I wanted to carry on not drinking, I found that I needed needed to have something in, in my back pocket to tell people. But because I was physically looking different, I was mentally different, I was just coming around all more confident people actually saw a change in me and it was a bit more like wow you you're looking really good have you stopped you've still not drinking is this because of you're not drinking and then i would be like yeah i just i was taking a break but i just feel and look so so much better and now i've done both i've drank and i've not drank and i actually prefer not drinking it kind of stops some questions with people because most people haven't taken a long period off the booze so they've nothing to compare it to so i always find Having that conversation saying, well, I've done both and not drinking is actually better. Stop some conversations. But I do find you get a lot of challenges, especially at the start. Although I think the narrative is changing now. We've got alcohol-free bars. We've got a lot of people blogging the sobriety journey. We're understanding the health risks like it's a carcinogenic. I do think one day it'll be like smoking and people will be like, it's going to go down that route now that we're getting more educated about like the harmful effects. But I mean... To me, it wasn't even more about like the harmful effects on my body. I had a lot of stuff in my body in my time that <laughs> was bad for me. <laughs> if, any, if anyone has lived in the UK, especially during the 90s, you will know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. To me, I just want to be happy and I want to feel happy. And whatever keeps me happier for longer is like what I want to go with. And I've genuinely found that you might have part a day where you crave a drink or you Friday night and you miss it you start getting angry with yourself but in reality that hour where you are drinking will result in 23 hours of anxiety whereas if you can put up with it for an hour and you know they are getting less and less to be fair these moments if you can put up with it for a little bit the likelihood of the next 23 hours is you know you're not always going to be happy you are going to your life is like that but genuinely is more like nice rather than massive lows and massive highs and and that is that comes across i think when you're speaking to people when they see that you've had a long period off and your life is a bit more nicer that's what people see i think what what are your go-to phrases say when you're meeting someone new i mean i can't imagine you're that often now in situations where you know you're rolling into a pub and you don't know people or but you know you might be at a wedding or a work function or something like that and and someone questions your sobriety because they don't know you and they don't know the before and after. Do you have any like go-to phrases that you use or do you just completely rely on the fact that you really know yourself now and so it just rolls off your back? 
I think now I really definitely know myself. In the early days, I hid behind the challenge. I, I wasn't confident. Like Drinking took away so much confidence and I didn't like that confrontation from people, that challenge from people. And I, I always remember this one girl who I, who I actually worked with who said to me, she, she, I never forget, she was the one who said to me, oh, well, I don't, I don't drink that much. I only drink one or two. But I felt as though she was saying to me, well, I haven't got a problem and you have got a problem. And she might not have meant it like that, but yeah. that's how I that's how I took it. And I, I kind of took going to myself and, and I found myself at the early the start of it agreeing with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I just didn't want that confrontation. But as I've, as I've got more confident in my sobriety, and I think that I think that's what you have to remember. Like at the start, you might not be as confident in your responses to so using things like, I'm on a challenge, I'm not drinking tonight, I'm just having a bit of time off. That might be appropriate for that time and that's, or you, you, you know, you might be confident enough to say, no, I don't drink straight away. Most people aren't, but most people like to have some sort of go-to. Hi, Kirsten here, just interrupting you for a little moment so I can do a shout out for our sponsor, The Ritual Emporium. And in full disclosure, The Ritual Emporium is a business of mine that was set up for my desire to really share with people and provide them with ritual tools that I hope will help enhance their daily lives and the connection to themselves. But The Ritual Emporium has another purpose, and that is to support the production of this podcast. I absolutely adore bringing this podcast to you and all the amazing wisdom and guests that come on, but it does come at a cost. So whenever you spend money at theritualemporium.com, know that you are also directly supporting the production of this podcast. So if you are looking to embrace the beauty of simple daily rituals that nurture your journey of self-care and self-discovery, be sure to head over to theritualemporium.com and remember to subscribe to the newsletter so that you can get 10% off your first order. Now, back to the episode. Or even, I used to even hold a um, gin glass with soda water and lime in just so I looked like I was drinking and he stopped the questions. But I think as you get on in your sober journey and you get more confident, your toolbox around what to say to people does improve as well. And, and things like, just things like, no, no, I, I don't drink, but say it with pride, because I am proud of it now. Whereas at the start, I don't think I was proud. I think I was embarrassed. But yeah. now I think, well, I've got the confidence. I don't need the drink. So actually, yeah, I don't drink. I'm here. I'm doing exactly what you're doing without a drink in my hand. And doing it anyway and i'll still get up in the morning and be fresh whereas you're going to be rough and i and i don't think anything negative of people drinking i was a drinker i've always said i might go back to drinking one day i don't like to say this is forever but i do like to feel confident that I trust myself enough to go out and have a good night and be confident and say yeah i don't drink i don't drink anymore and having watched your journey, i think i've seen you get more confident with that. Like you've taught, you've been really honest about it. So go back over Steph's TikToks and watch it because you do discuss that and, and how, you know, you're going out to this. I remember it was, I think it was around Christmas time. You did this post where you were going to a work Christmas dinner. You didn't want to go. And yeah. you didn't want to go to the dinner, but you didn't want to go because you just weren't quite feeling so mm. confident. Maybe. I think that was the one where I left. I didn't even yeah. stay for the meal. Yeah, I, I took myself out of the situation. I'm, 
I was on the phone to Lily crying. <laughs> I was crying outside. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Because, but part of that is because you've nothing to mask with alcohol. When you mm -hmm. drink, you can tolerate people that you maybe don't get on with, that you do not, you know, they're not your people. When you don't drink, you are completely present all of the time and there's nothing to take that away and mask with anything. And I just felt very overwhelmed at that point. And the absolutely, one of the best things to do when you are going out sober and you're trying to, to do these things at the start is have an exit plan because you, being stuck somewhere sober and not being able to get away is awful. But one of the beauties when you are sober is you can usually drive. <laughs> so you can just yeah. sort of you car. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I took myself out of the situation and, and just left because I wasn't feeling who I was with or the environment. Yeah, yeah but I... I that's what I love about your account because you've been sober for a while now. I mean, it's 2024 and you still go through this. So can you talk to us about those moments where, you know, you know, you've chosen this, you know, it really works for you. And if we're all really honest, we know it's going to work for every single one of us. But what do you do when it crops up? When you feel, I think it was last week, you were like, oh, a few weeks ago, you were like, I want that Prosecco. Like, I just really want to drink. Like, not out of a desperate thing, but you just <laughs> just in the mood, you know, for a Prosecco. I did it on Friday. The thing is, I think you're always learning. Like two two years in, I'm still learning stuff about myself now. I've got 40, well, not 40 years of drinking because I wasn't drinking as a baby, but <laughs> like 20 odd years of drinking to undo. And I, when, when I'm in them situations, we've got a little thing that we do between us called try, which I'll tell you, tell you what that is, but I think you're learning around what actually triggers you to drink. I always thought I was a happy drunk. I thought I only drank in happy situations. Finishing work at the weekend, my time to relax. This week, I have had a really difficult week at work and we've got a lot of stuff going on for the parties. We do alcohol-free parties. And I felt very overwhelmed. My go-to on Friday was, I want to drink. And it was to manage my stress. And that was, I was like, turn to drink when I want, want to stress. But what we do, we have this thing called TRY. And when we feel like that, we, th we think in our head this acronym TRY, T-R-Y, triggers. What are my triggers? Around me is triggering me. So on Friday night, it was, I was stressed. We are the reasons. Why am I stressed? I'm stressed because, uh, because the work situation and everything going on in my life. And why? What else can I what is why? <laughs> well, I forgot what the why is. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> what does the why stand for? She's undoing 20 years of drinking and it takes some time. <laughs> I love this. See? Authenticity. This is what we love. Triggers. So what triggers you? My, fr my Friday night was the stressful situation. The result, what will be the result of drinking? So if I drink on a Friday night, I will get up sad. You like crap. I won't go to the gym. I won't work out. I will get up with brain fog. And you, so <laughs> empower yourself to remember why you're doing it. So always think back to why you're doing this. So you don't want all of that anxiety. You don't want all of that feeling of stress. <laughs> I can't believe I completely messed that up, man. Um, yeah, you have to edit that. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not edit I love it because that is so you. That is in there. I love it. This is why I follow you. This is why I think you're so inspiring. 
Like I'm sitting here hearing this and like in complete transparency, I I think I, you know, I have been alcohol free. I think I could genuinely do it. But do you know, like, for example, on Saturday night, I've got dinner with my two closest girlfriends. And the thing that we love to do together is go to amazing restaurants and drink good wine. And I'm like, oh, how, you know, for me in my head, it's like, how, how do I marry those two things? And is it a case of maybe having to distance myself from those occasions, even though I really love it? So how have you managed that, you know, being in relationship with people that maybe still drink or socializing with people when, you know, a large part of your socializing was around alcohol? Yeah. So at the start, I definitely stayed in. I wanted to get in a routine of feeling good. But placebo has got such a big like, effect on my life. Alcohol-free drinks yeah. are my go-to. And I know it's people. some people say do, some people say don't. You, know, you, you have to do what's right for you. For me, I would not be able to stay sober just drinking glasses of Coke. I like the routine of pouring a nice glass of wine, alcohol-free, pouring a nice alcohol-free Prosecco and just holding the glass. So for me, I we have a saying saying, don't change change the recipe, not the ritual. And by that, we mean go, on out, go out with your girlfriends, go and have your glass of wine, but swap it to an alcohol-free version because nine times out of ten, it's just that routine that you'll miss and that socialising with friends. It's not actually the getting drunk that people want. It's that feeling... It's strange, but it gives you a placebo. It might take a little bit longer to relax, but I'm so shocked at how I still feel the same and I don't reach the point where I'm not me anymore because that's all that happens when I'm drinking. I'm not come back when I'm with my girlfriends. And like before I know it, I'm on like the second bottle. Some of them are still on the first glass. And it's more around just socialising and holding the drink with them that I like. And you can just do it. There's so many alcohol-free drinks out there now. There's some really nice ones that taste like the real thing. There's some that don't. But you get that with anything, don't you? And it's like finding the one that you like that actually tricks your brain into thinking, I'm still sat here with my friends and enjoying my glass of wine. Because I, I still do now absolutely everything that I've done before. I've been to Ibiza clubbing. I party. I've been on holiday. And it's exactly, it's better. You get so much more out of your time and your life by swapping to an alcohol-free drink and still having the relax at the time, but then still waking up feeling so good the day after. Maybe you should try that. I'm going to set you a challenge <gasps> next time you <laughs> I was really looking forward to the margarita we were going to have. Just oh, I see. I had a margarita last night, British um, cocktail. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> I have to say, like, I don't, I'm not a big gin drinker. I find gin really triggers my mental health in a bad way, but it's known as a quite a depressant drink. But I have to yes. say, I love non-alcoholic gin with zero calorie tonic water. It's like, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's something else as well. People always think that alcohol-free drinks are full of sugar and calories. They're not. I've got some videos where I have compared my Prosecco that I used to drink 600 calories a bottle to the one that I now drink, which is 100 calories a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder why I never lost any weight. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, yeah, I know. The weight just drops. But anyway, not that we're doing it for that, but we're totally doing it for that. I love, I've seen, like, you know, you just talked about, though, I love that change, like, don't change the ritual of it. And I remember you going to Amsterdam with your daughter, and I think it was your first trip that you'd taken and sober. 
And it was all about, okay, how do I do this? How do I break the airport alcohol ritual? Because I mean, isn't everyone in a glass of champagne at the airport ritual? And and that compared to you getting on the plane to go into Ibiza or going to the States, like didn't even come up in your TikToks. No. It's funny because I always thought that every single person was drinking the, the fizz at six o'clock in the morning at the airport because I was in that. I'm actually surprised that there are quite a few people that don't. Yeah, wow. <laughs> when, yeah there was quite a lot drinking coffee. And you never notice it. It's like when somebody says, oh, there's a red car and then you see loads of red cars. It's yep. Because you're in it, you don't notice it. But there is actually quite a lot of people who don't drink at 5 a.m. <laughs> well, I mean, lots of people talk to me. Like I work with a lot of, of women, you know, in their 30s and 40s, especially because it's a big moment where we're questioning our choices up until this point and wondering how the hell we got here. But the big question is I don't, I don't have my tribe and zero pun included, but it's exactly like that. Like birds of a feather flock together and you have as a result of this, created something so special. Makes me wish I still lived in the UK so I could join. But I would love for you to share with us this whole thing that you've created. Yeah, it's, it's gone crazy. So I met Lily on TikTok who she reached out to me. She, I think I was going to a festival, a women's only festival, and I was going in my camper van on my own. And she messaged me saying, please, can we be friends? And I said, yeah, of course. And now we are actually best friends. But we got together and she's sober. She's a recovering alcoholic. We realised we like walking, we like coffee dates. There's lots of that to do in the sober community. But we actually missed the ritual of partying and that whole getting ready with your girlfriends, having a drink while you're getting ready, getting your makeup done and just, you know, like being free and like, yeah, yeah, being silly. So we came up with an idea called Flamingo AF. Um, it's a funny name. There is a backstory. Flamingo AF. I basically took a big pink inflatable flamingo and sailed it down our local canal and ended up in the papers for a good write-up story on Sober Fun. So when anybody talks about Sober Fun, we always say Flamingo now. And that's what the brand is named after, Flamingo AF. So Flamingo Alcohol Free or Flamingo I know, I was going to say, it's alcohol free, it's not the other one you guys are all thinking. (laughs) So we decided we was going to do a party. So we had an idea. We got, we basically got big celebrity to kind of mention us on TikTok. We invited lots of people and we had a sax player, a DJ, and it's kind of grown from there. So we host these sober raves, sober parties, and they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And on the 3rd of Feb, we celebrate one year. and. People come, it's for men, for women, um, for anybody, and we all just let our hair down. Think I beat the party style. We have the sax player, drummers, dancers, singers. It's absolutely incredible, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And, yeah, we, it's, we didn't even imagine how big it was going to go. We're actually, when's this going out? Cause oh, I think is... the party would have already happened when this goes out, actually. All ah, right. So we've actually got um, a TV company coming to film the next one. <laughs> like, On the way. We, we Cosmopolitan mentioned us in their magazine. It's honestly gone so crazy, but it's needed. And it's like, it helps build your sober confidence. So it's not just about having a party. Euphoria, you feel after leaving our parties, dancing with all of the, we call them our flock because it's Flamingo, dancing with the flock, you Build your sober confidence with people who are all on the same level, all there wanting to have a really good time. 
egging each other on and it's just so euphoric and then you wake up Sunday, you wake up Monday, you're still on this natural high thinking, wow, I went and partied sober, I am incredible and you take that into your daily life and I absolutely love seeing people grow in the sober confidence because I have none. I had no confidence and now I trust myself, I'm speaking at work, I'm speaking on podcasts and I'm seeing that in other people and it just brings us so much joy. Like we, we started it for us because we wanted to party it but now it's for everybody and that's where we're at and I just absolutely love it. We'll have to bring one to Australia. Oh, you are <laughs> more than welcome. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just like as as an observer of, of you and a follower of you, it just makes me like without being really patronizing, I'm just like so proud of and inspired by you because to me energetically, it just goes to show what happens when you step into or you're brave enough to step into your authenticity. And first of all, that's a discussion with yourself and realizing, okay, this thing that I do that I love maybe not is the best thing for me. And from that, detachment from outcome you've created your tribe and like you say your life is just totally different now what does your husband think of all this is he just like oh that's or is he i bet he's so <laughs> proud of you he is so supportive which is so funny because i used to actually have a little bit of an argument with darren because i drank a lot more than darren and he wasn't as ever a big drinker and I, when I drank, used to think, well, if we haven't got drinking together, what have we got together? Because he, he didn't drink in the house. I always drank in the house. We did drink outside the house together. And for now to be completely sober and have him still, because he still drinks, it's, it's strange when you realise when you do get sober that actually everything doesn't revolve around, so, around drinking. Um, there's a lot more to hold marriages together and things like that. It's, Everything doesn't have to revolve around drinking. And I've realised how much he does for me. He is the most supportive husband ever. He comes to all of my events. He sets all of my stuff up for me because, because yeah, I don't know how to do art a bit. <laughs> he he's makes me music. He He's just there for me all of the time. He thinks it's incredible, like, how it's grown and how I've changed. He never he was never awful about my drinking, but he always used to say, I drink very fast, I drink a lot, I change. He prefers me now. He, I mean, he loves me anyway, but he, he does say that, like, I'm so much more better now. He's just such a supportive, lovely husband. <laughs> oh, I love that because I do, I obviously I do know from your channel that he still does drink and that was always like a query of mine, like, oh, I wonder how, how that goes, you know, when one person decides, you know, maybe they decide to give up meat or maybe they decide, I don't know, stop doing certain things and, and how that balance goes. So I love, like, the fact that he does all that for you, I didn't know that. That is so beautiful. But to kind of round off, what would you say to someone who is, you know, maybe like me sitting here going, oh, like, I'm not really sure actually the impact that alcohol has on me. I'm not a big drinker, but I, I'm a consistent maybe drinker. What would you say to someone who is considering being a little bit curious about sobriety? Yeah. So I think if you're already thinking about it, that maybe give it a go because there's obviously something triggering that off in, in your brain. You know, you have nothing to lose from giving it a go, do you? I, we don't have to say things are forever. When we're drinking, we don't say, well, that's it, I'm drinking forever now. That's for the rest of my life I'm drinking. So I have that approach with not drinking. I just take it one day at a time. See how you feel. You never know. You don't know unless you give something a go. Make sure that you do have the right support around you. 
give it a good go though like do your research so set a challenge do your research surround yourself with people who get you like your immediate family is great but actually connecting with men women that are also on the journey with you i think is a really powerful thing we've got a community on facebook and i think there's like three and a half thousand in there we if somebody's like having a little bit of a, a moment typing on the group and then everybody's commenting on the group it's finding the people who get you and not thinking that you have to do anything alone doing anything alone is always more more difficult i think and give it a go because unless you give it a go you're not going to know like all of the benefits i imagine if i hadn't have just given that four weeks ago none of this would have happened i would never know like this experience so see see we've like i said we've got a facebook group we've just done a four-week challenge with people over on facebook although we don't give people advice on stopping drinking we we guide them to the right places because we're very we're not we're not a recovery group and we're not trained but the, all of these people have done this challenge together over four weeks we've done a step challenge we've done an alcohol free challenge that they've been signposted to and they've got to the end of the four weeks now as a group and everybody is just so like celebrating each other's success and people are meeting and who have never met before and they're all carrying it carrying it on because they feel so good and that is purely from surrounding yourself with content and people and knowledge to actually realize there is something more there's something else out there than getting in that cycle of drinking every weekend i love that my sister is currently doing one and oh amazing yeah and we were sitting at family dinner last night and she was saying and did you know she was talking about circadian rhythms <laughs> and my mum <laughs> sipping her aperol spirits going really and i'm like mom you should <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but- just want to highlight that you do this is not a business as in a profit thing for you this is all in your spare time this is something you do like i said because you just feel really aligned with it and what you're getting back is beyond anything that you ever set out to do so even as an example of alignment you are just such a shining light for me and i'm sure for other people in our community once they you know connect with you now oh thank you (laughs) well if you want to connect with steph all of her details are in the show notes i highly suggest it uh thank you so much for your time for sharing your vibe i know that people will just be like loving you like i do and we look forward to seeing where this does take you professionally and personally as you continue on this curiosity journey thank you it's lovely lovely to meet you at last (laughs) exactly So check out the show notes below and would love to hear your thoughts and comments on, you know, sobriety, if it's something that you do or interested in, um, reach out to our socials. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.